Hi, everybody. This is Takatoshi Shibayama, host of the Future Design Podcast. For this COVID-19 special, I had a chat with Aldomaro Lastra, who's a friend and a captain of one of the best international airline companies for over 20 years. He explains to us the situation he's been experiencing for the aviation industry during this pandemic crisis. Future Design Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is the Future Design Podcast, and I have today Maro Lastra. Uh, he is a captain of a international airline. How are you doing, Maro? Hi, it's good to have you, Taka. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah, good to have you, too. Um, so tell us about the situation. Uh, you're working for a, a, a right. airline. Uh, obviously, you can't disclose which airline company that you're working for. Uh, what is the situation uh, with the pilot? Right. Unfortunately, the I, can't, I, can't, I would love to share with you more, but I, I don't have the I don't have a clearance from my uh, from my human resources department to speak on behalf of the airline that I work for. Roughly, uh, for the ones that are in the business, I've been flying for twenty years. I'm a captain on a major international airline. I'm a wide body captain, so it means that I do transcontinental flights, not just uh, uh, domestic one or two hour flights, but actually intercontinental flights. So yeah, I'm happy to have you as well. Great. So what is the situation with the pilots, the cabin crew, the ground crew under this COVID-19? Well, these are, it's, it's, an, it's a question that it has three different answers because pilots and cabin crew and ground staff have very different scenarios at this very crisis. Obviously, there's no operations, so uh, airplanes are grounded. Um, but the three different like ground staff, uh, they will, we all have th- uh, different qualifications. So pilots, unfortunately, are... Uh, and I'm sorry to say this, but they're, they're the most expensive personnel that airlines have because of the licenses they hold. So they're hard to get and they're uh, very hard to get rid of as well because uh, the clauses in most contracts are and you don't want to get rid of those guys. So what I can see now with the what's happening in my airline, what's going to happen in most airlines is we're going we're gonna to see what we saw in September 11, early retirements for pilots. That's the number one thing that airlines are going to try to push for. And uh, for cabin crew, it's different. A cabin crew, you will see in most international airlines in Europe and the United States, even uh, some Australian airlines are going to push also for early retirements of the senior cabin crew. Unfortunately, for a lot of them, uh, they don't have the seniority and probably they're under even the contract structure of some airlines. They'll have to be put on furlough, I'm afraid. Uh, for the ground staff, it's different because... We don't, we're not talking about qualified personnel, uh, most of them. They're just, you know, it's just uh, for most airlines nowadays, we're talking about people that come from other backgrounds that have different uh, technical backgrounds. So they'll be, unfortunately, I'm, and I'm sorry to say this, but I can see that they're going to be uh, set aside for a while and re-recruited when the, everything picks up again. So you're talking about the cabin crew, right? Uh, what well, about ground staff? Cabin crew, yeah, cabin crew. They're on this, it's a similar situation for the cabin crew. Um, you, you have to understand that most people nowadays that go into the, and I'm, I don't want to talk on behalf of all the cabin crew, but I, what, I, what I saw during, during these 20 years, most people that end up doing the job as cabin crew don't really want to be cabin crew. They just take up the jobs because it's, it's a good job. It doesn't mean that they're going to do this as a career. So 
uh, for most, for the most part of the camera crew, I don't think they'll see it as a, as a major failure because they will reconvert, they will uh, turn themselves into something else in the, uh, in the uh, professional world, if, if you know what I mean. And the ground crew, especially the maintenance staff and people who are actually That's, on the yeah. runways, they're, those, they're, those guys are working full time now. <laughs> those guys are working full time. Believe it or not, planes grounded require a lot of work. Um, it's not like your car where you just park it and just it sits there and as long as you disconnect the battery it will start off again. No, planes are very different. So ground maintenance crews are working 24-7 on a regular basis already. And I'm guessing now uh, when you park an airplane, there's what's called a conservation program that you need to follow. You need to prevent corrosion. You need to prevent uh, just like wildlife getting into the engines like birds and stuff. So bogs. So that is a program needs to be followed by the, the maintenance crews and issued by the uh, by the manufacturers and the airlines. So these guys are working full time. Probably not all of them, but most of them are working still on a very uh, on, a, on a, just a regular schedule. And how has the airline industry in this time has changed? Well, there is no plan. Essentially, we have no plan for this. Um, we the problem is that what we're facing, what we're up against now, is not on the books. We haven't seen it before. So it really comes up to what, what, what the only thing we can really do is ground the planes and wait for people to come back. There is no plan. There is no other real uh, plan uh, uh, aside of this. Uh, some airlines are doing cargo. Um, some airlines that have cargo planes are doing cargo. Some airlines that don't have cargo planes are using their passenger jets to use cargo. Obviously, this is going to come. It, it's a very thin. It's a very thin lifeline. Uh, that the airlines are using at this very moment. So th there is no real business at this very moment. So you're running your cash. You're essentially burning your cash. That's all you're doing. It's essentially burning all your cash because these planes being parked, they, they cost a lot of money. So the problem, the move, it's not on our, it's not up to us to get people back on. It's a government thing. It's a sanitary issue. It's not up to us really. So how we're doing, how we're dealing with this, burning cash and trying to survive essentially. And now you're still flying at the moment, right? On cargo uh, airplanes. Yes, we're. I'm. I'm. I myself because I fly an aircraft that has a passenger version and a cargo version. I am flying. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of flying, not a lot, um, but most airlines in North America and Europe, and Asia Pacific is probably different in that sense. But the most airlines in North America and Europe don't have dedicated cargo jets of themselves. They lease it from someone else. They have what's called the wet lease agreements from, uh, from other operators, but they don't own these jets themselves because they fly the cargo on the belly of the planes. So these airlines are sitting idle and burning cash. Right. And what other measures are taking place when you actually fly these days? Yeah, it's, it's challenging, Taka. Um, last three flights I've done, I have to wear masks all the time, which is very uncomfortable if you have to wear a mask. Plus, um, we cannot overnight in places because we're placed in quarantine. So we go to places and we have to fly back. So we're, we're, we're flying with sets of two, maybe three crews on a specific flight um, just because we have to relieve each other and we cannot overnight wherever we go because if we, if we spend a night there, we're gonna be quarantined and the airline cannot afford to have people just sitting everywhere quarantined. So in the flight, we have to wear masks, which are extremely uncomfortable. I don't know if you if you guys have been wearing these uh, surgical masks for more than 20 minutes, but when you have to wear these things for 20 hours, it just becomes very uncomfortable, especially in the back of your ears. It's just killing you. Um, we have to wear gloves. We have to wear these masks. We have to you know, use disinfectant. 
Um, it's just it's just not fun at all. Uh, we can't get off the plane by any, for any reason. We have to ask maintenance personnel to carry all our checks on the ground. I can say it's 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 a bit of a hurdle to be honest. I'm not looking forward to getting back on the plane and and doing this kind of flying again. I'm I'm looking forward for the good old days. Are there any passenger airlines um, being flown at the moment? Yes, there are. Taka, we have what's called the rep repatriation flights. So governments like um, probably not the United States, by the example, but uh, I see France, Germany, the uh, the United Kingdom, all these guys. Um, some most governments like Japan was on the same boat, I think. Um, there, people got stranded in in their holidays and here and there. So they have to get them these people back because they need treatments. They 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 need to be with their families. So just you know, you got caught in a bad situation. So governments are paying for these repatriation flights. These are the only real passenger flights happening at this very moment. I hear that some airlines in Europe and in the United States, there's some flying happening still. I don't know how exactly. Uh, that's going on, but I know that airlines in Europe are just using repatriation flights. Yeah, in Singapore, the country is not really big. I mean, there's no reason to fly domestically, yeah. but are there any domestic flights like in the U.S. or within uh, Europe? There are a little. There are a few. There are in the United States. It's, it's um, I think there's a 25, the flying schedule is probably a 25 to 15 percent uh, of what the normal schedule is in the United States. In Europe, there's very little happening. You have to understand that it's very different markets. Europe, it's more dominated by low-cost airlines. So like Vueling, EasyJet, Ryanair, these are the airlines that dominate the market in Europe, essentially they fly the biggest number. So these guys are not flying at the moment. They're only uh, only the major airlines of these other countries are actually uh, flying. Um, and, and they're only, what I know is that they're only flying like strategical flights. Like if they need to, for instance, if there's a Airbus has a plant in somewhere in Germany, and this plant has uh, workers that need to travel in between the countries. I hear that it's some form of flying, but it's not like the, the schedules are open. It, it's not like that. It's not like you can just go and book your flight. Most flights that you buy, you can probably buy flights, are subject to government changes. So I'm not sure. I haven't been on the websites yet, but I'm guessing that if you go and purchase a say, uh, Berlin to Frankfurt flight uh, on any airline in, the, in Germany, it'll probably say you can buy the flight, but I'm not sure we're getting you there. You know what I mean? And you're flying transcontinental. So when you arrive at these airports, what kind of uh, measures do these airports well, uh, have? The, the, fly I'm sorry. the flying stopped. Um, the flying stopped back in February, March of these transcontinental flights. Before, when I was doing those, it was like asking you have you been to china have you been there i think it was back in the time i think the world just the world the transportation world just shut in one single shot it wasn't like uh, it was uh, you know step by step or happening here happening there no it just happened pretty much everywhere it just got shut down and i think it started with the united states shutting the borders with europe that was at mid-march from memory and then from there on it was uh, europe shutting the borders and that was it essentially um so that, that's essentially there hasn't been any um, transcontinental flights. What I've done is cargo flights and you go through passenger terminals because you have to go through security checks. They're completely uh, shut. There's no there's no power. There's no anything. There's no lines. There's no checking. This just like ghost towns, essentially. Right. And I guess this is one of the biggest questions. When can we get out and fly again? Right. This is a big, yeah. big, you know, big concern for a lot of people after this lockdown. Everybody wants to go on vacation. I need you guys on board. I mean, it's like my job is depending on you guys. I'm the number one interested on the, uh, on this. 
Um, it's not up to us, really. If it was up to the airlines, we'd be flying now. Um, but the problem is pretty much like September 11 with the security issues. It, it, the, the, uh, the risk, the, the matters that are at stake are such, such of a sensitive nature that governments are not going to delegate it to the airlines. They're going to take the matter into its own hands. Why? Because it's a sanitary risk. You can't just uh, let X, Y, Z airline fly into uh, such and such countries where you know there is this problem is, is a real problem. So the government, it's a sanitary issue. And, the, and I'm guessing pretty much, like I said, on September 11, it's going to be taken back by the government. The responsibility is going to be taken back by, from the government. They're the ones that are going to say, you can fly, and you're going to fly in these under such and such such rules. Whether it happens like with a sanitary passport, like the one I have here, this is a, there's already, there's stuff in place already. I hold what's called a yellow fever certificate. So I need this paper to travel to countries that require a yellow fever vaccine. Um, we can see the same. We can probably, we'll probably see the same in the next few months. When, when there's a vaccine, we'll see it. Like they're going to ask if you have a COVID-19 vaccine, do you have it or not? That will, det that will determine whether you can fly or not. From now until then, from now until we'll have a vaccine or a treatment, I don't know how it's going to happen. Are the governments going to ask airlines to block seats? Are airlines going to favor business class passengers and make it more uh, like more expensive to fly because you're flying business class and it gives you like the proper social distancing? I don't know how, how that really is going to happen. But all I can tell you is it's not up to the airlines. It's up to the governments to determine the rules and when can people do it. Right. And social distancing, as you just mentioned, it's extremely hard to do in airplanes, right? So even if you're flying, you know, with two or three meters distance from other passengers, I mean, you're in a contained, you know, airplane for like 15 hours or whatever, if you're doing long haul, it's going to be really difficult to to allow people to fly, you know, in, in, in like a hundreds and two hundreds from now on. Well, you, yeah, well, that's that's like you said, you already seeing from your race, you're already just mentioned a few of the problems you can see. In reality, I don't, I don't see how we can fit around people uh, with no um, prior screening on, on COVID, uh, uh, you know, on, on COVID testing before the boarding or with a specific treatment. So that I'm afraid is going to be the major thing is social distancing in planes is going to cost money, which is going to translate into expensive tickets. So it, I don't see that happening in the long term. I don't see this social distancing slash blocking seats strategy happening on the long term. It's going to be a short, medium term to get people back on and make some money come in for those that need to fly for very specific reasons and people that actually need to fly. I'm talking about people that work in between continents that oversee like plants and here and there. I've spoken to a few people that work in the oil industry and they have standards where they need to fly all over the world all the time. These people, yes, they'll have to get back on the planes. And I'm afraid for the time being, flying is going to be for these people only. Why? Number one, because they're the ones that are going to take the risk. Number two, because the fares are going to be designed for these kind of people. Until we have, and I'm just talking to what I can see because a lot of the stuff that I foresaw uh, when the crisis was unfolding turned out to be true. And I'm, and I'm, a, I'm not saying that I'm a specialist, but I've been 20 years in this business and I understand what's at stake. So the big thing is getting this vaccine or a treatment, something that just relegates this virus to just a common thing. When that is done, then people can go back and being cramped in whether it's a 10 hour flight or one hour flight to Phuket or, or Ibiza. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. It's just the same. From there on, from now until then, 
it's going to be very complicated for everyone. And it's going to be, I'm guessing, it's going to be government determined. They're the ones that are going to say, no, you have to maintain 1.5 meter separation. And if your fares are too low, well, you're going to have to fare them. Because you have to understand, everything in these jets is calculated fare bases, uh, fare structures. Everything you see is calculated on the price of a jet and divided on the number of seats for X, Y, Z number of hours in the flight. It's, it's pretty much so. Going from that basis of calculation to a blocking seat strategy, it's re it requires a whole repricing and a whole new different strategy for getting people back on. But the vaccine's not going to be ready for like 12, eight months. I mean, during that time, airline companies could be completely decimated. Yes, 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 yes. So from now until then, we're going to have to stick to probably social distancing, the measures that I told you. And it's just going to, the, 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 what I can see is going to be an increase in the price of tickets. This is what you can see. And governments usually bail out national carriers, but like, as you, you mentioned, like EasyJets or Ryanair's or any of these low-cost airlines, I mean, they're not going to be, you know, receiving any of these bailouts, will they? No, but these guys have a lot of cash. <laughs> so they're in a different position. Um, it's a different position. I can't speak for everyone, but I know some of the, some of the names you mentioned have a lot of, I know they have a lot of cash. So I'm, I wouldn't be too worried about those guys because all they got to do is they have a lot of assets and so have a lot of cash. Um, they're actually very good business, very profitable businesses. So these guys are probably going to burn on their, on their assets and their cash to get these, the, the, the stuff going. And they're probably going to be the ones more interested in having this vaccine and these strategies. So maybe some form of Pre-boarding uh, testing uh, on very advanced levels are going to happen. They're going to offer this to the governments initially. Like I said, I don't see the governments delegating this. So, like, you take care of the, uh, the pre-boarding checks and we're all good. No, I, I don't see the governments taking that risk. But if these airlines are proactive enough and creative enough to, to create strategies and say, hey, you know, guys, we have a solution. What do you think about it? Maybe that's the solution. Maybe it's a solution coming from the industry. I, I don't know. Uh, the only thing I can compare this is September 11, and I know that the governments are going to be very, very zealous on taking this thing and control themselves because of what's at stake. Uh, we already we already saw. I mean, if the virus spread, it was essentially because the, the world is very connected through aviation. So they're not going to let this happen again, and they're going to demand from airlines and, and to have very strict controls. Is this going to – is this – going to create a, a such a problem that we cannot fly until we have a vaccine i don't really know i think we're into uh, the reality is we're into uncharted territory here we don't know we don't know how this is going to finish we we only know the beginning like bill gates said we only know the beginning we don't know how this is going to end so um, i i have just just like everyone else i have some form of answer but i don't have a, a clear answer for ever for how this is going to finish well, it definitely is going to change traveling forever. I mean, thinking about having to wear masks, worrying about if anybody has these kind of coronaviruses or any type of viruses, it's going to scare the living hell out of most people, right? And if the governments and airlines don't take the proper measure to get people on board, you know, it's not going to be like everybody's like, oh, yeah, the, the, the lockdown's over. Let's go to Bali or Ibiza. You know, it's, it's, I don't think it's just going to be like that. Enough. I mean... We all want it. We all want it. This is, this is what I see as well, is that people want that. People want to go back and people want to travel. I mean, from the, from the first six months, we're going to be on the knockout effect of all the economic shutdowns. So there's not going to be a lot of traveling happening because people are not going to burn their cash. 
and they're not going to have a lot of cash to burn. So that's just the initial part. For the second part, you have an M and people will want it. So if there's demand for something, there's got to be an offer for something. It's just economics, right? So if there's demand for our travel, we're going to have to find a solution. I mean, people will push, governments will push for people to go to places. And then I guess we'll probably have a, full, a solution by that. Yeah. I mean, but I just don't feel like the travel industry is going to be, you know, the same as it was before. I mean, obviously, it's this process is going to be gradual. It's not like Expedia is going to be like making, getting tons of bookings at the moment, right? So, you know, it's right. just a personal opinion of mine. Right. Um, you have to remember that if we're, we're up against something that is fairly new. And I think that the, 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 the D-Day is going to be the day we'll have a vaccine or treatment. I mean, maybe not on the side of the vaccine, but a treatment. We need to find something. And I'm guessing it's going very fast. I mean, it's going very fast. There's a lot at stake. There is a lot at stake. So it's it, governments are pushing for it. And I know that the airline industry will push for it. And, it'll, and the travel industry as a whole, hotels, Airbnbs, everything is, everyone is pushing for it. And the people will eventually push for it. So you're very right. I don't see myself sitting 12 hours in a plane, not knowing what, what's going to happen. And then going to a big pool in some resort, not knowing what's going to happen. True. There's going to be a solution for that. Um, but in, in the meantime, yes, whether you choose to travel on, well, it's probably going to be reserved for some type of budget only where you fly in, in business class to private resorts where you have your own pool, maybe, if you know what I mean. It's only good for certain budgets. Maybe maybe in the, in, the, in, the, in the long to medium term, the travel industry will focus on these type of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a pilot yourself, you're going to be in, in, uh, in, in flying with all these people not knowing what kind of diseases they have. So it must be really scary for you as well. I mean, putting on a mask and, and gloves, whatever it is, it's, it's not going to really help, does it? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just feel for you, man. So, um, you know, just is there anything that you also want to want to tell our listeners and what struggles you're going through, what the industry is going through at the moment? I think we're I, I think we're up. We don't know where we're up against. We have we have no idea. And I, I don't I don't just see myself. I see the the talks of the CEOs and everything. I, I just see that they're just as worried as I am. The only the only certain certainty we have is big jets are a problem. Like three eighties and seven forty sevens. That's gonna be a big. That's gonna that's gonna be huge to take on passengers on these things. Or, or on the other hand, maybe they're the solution because they're bigger, so you can take uh, maybe more people with social distancing. How does this how does this equation really? Finish. We we don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's an answer. Maybe the medium jets are a problem, but not the so big. The such big ones because maybe on the big ones you can have some more social distancing. And yes, it becomes more expensive to travel, but then you can fit more people in. I don't really know. I, I think everyone is trying to make this work. To be honest, um, the real the real the real answer the real question is: Is there demand for something? Is there demand for people to travel to Bali, to Phuket, and everything? And if there's demand, there's going to be a solution. At what cost? That's the other. That, that's the other part. Are people going to be able to spend that amount of money to 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 satiate their needs in terms of traveling and, and leisure? I, I don't know. Um, I, I think we're just we don't know. All we know is we're burning cash. We need cash. We don't know where to get it. So governments are bailing, parking big jets because they're a problem. Um, we're maintaining those. We're keeping the, as much workforce as we can to the moment we can restart. And let's let's be real. We're trying to all to be optimistic here and see if we can find a solution for next year. 
Well, great. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for the valuable insights. Yeah. And uh, keep safe, man. Keep flying, but keep safe. Take care, Tech Out. Nice talking to you. Hi, this is your host, Takatoshi Shibayama. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. Now, if you enjoyed or disliked the show, please let me know by writing in the comment section. The only way I can improve or add value to you is through your voices. If there are any topics that you'd like me to pick up, please also let me know in the comments. I'd love to start chatting with you all. And if you would like to continue watching the show, please subscribe. Thank you.